This podcast is a peek behind the curtain for those of us who never had the pleasure of serving America in uniform. And we seek to highlight the pride, privilege, benefit, and sometimes sacrifice of that service that's unique to just 1% of the citizenry. While usually appreciated and often revered, their service is foreign to most, yet they represent threads woven into the very fabric of our culture. These are their stories. These are their demons. These are their lessons. This is the Carry the Load podcast. So it was 2006 when you went back over, mm-hmm. or when you went over. Let's see, um, I'm trying to remember. 05, I got recalled. I think we left in November of 05, got back in November of 06. Okay. Yeah, I think that's what it was. It was like 18 months for me. So that was a rough time over there. It was hot. Well, but I mean, there, 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 were, there was a lot going on over there. There was a lot of combat. So were you an augmentee to the, the Wisconsin National Guard or were you serving alongside of them? Um, I don't even know what augmentee means. Well, were you, were we were, you individuals placed into the unit? Yeah, they were, okay, so you they were, were light. They didn't have enough men. Okay, so, so you, you were Filler. deploying as part of yeah. the Wisconsin National Guard. Got Correct. Um, I've heard that word, but I just couldn't remember what it meant. <laughs> That's right. uh, a lot of the military acronyms escape me now. Yes. Uh, but anyhow, the... Um, yeah, so we deploy with them, train with them for a few months at Shelby, and then deploy, uh, land in Kuwait, and they're like, you know, you, you, and you go into FOB such and such in Iraq, and you, you, and you, Northern Security Forces, Kuwait. So we did QRF and gate guard and border crossing guard thingy, um, where they were building the new MSR, and <clears throat> we would take patrols maybe, I don't know, a dozen times rolling through Iraq. That was my Iraq tour. Now, of course, they train you to think that every garbage bag's an IED. <clears throat> so you have that thought in your head when you're rolling in a Humvee and you think the garbage mm-hmm. bag's gonna blow up. But we had a really safe uh, deployment. You know, no one got hurt. Well, <laughs> for the most part, I flipped a Humvee. You flipped a Humvee? <laughs> I didn't flip it, my driver flipped it. Okay, so you, you weren't the one driving? No, um, the Army, Tried to get me to pay for it, and I was stupid stuff. Um, the tires were underinflated because the mechanics said we need to roll at 25 psi because the roads are so hot. It's 120 out, um, and something, something, something. Well, there was no roads there. It's dirt and gravel and stuff, and they had this washout that went on a diagonal, and our tires were low. So when we hit the diagonal, the thing rocked, and because we had one of those up armored. Humvees that they, not the ones they built for it, but before they started building them full armor. Okay. Basically, scrap iron that yes. bolted to the shit. Um, it was just womp, womp, tires blew out, and then that thing flipped and rolled. And the lucky part um, was, I don't know, 30 seconds, two minutes, I don't know. My gunner said, Sergeant Smith, can I come down from the turret? I don't see the point kind of thing. It's really dusty and that shit truck ahead of us stinks really bad because <laughs> we were following a shitter truck and uh, uh, the porta potty pumper guys. Yes. And, and yes, it does stink. And I was like, yeah, sure. Come on down. And if I didn't tell him to come down, 
he would have been ejected or crushed or something. So I feel fortunate that someone was paying attention that moment. I got hit in the head with an ammo can of 50 cal. Oh, and you're wearing your helmet. I was wearing my helmet. Uh, uh, I don't know if I was John waning the chin strap, but there wasn't no helmet on after I was done. Sure. And uh, hurt my back a little bit. Um, anyway, the, 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 you know, the whole thing was um, a good experience. And I think for the Wisconsin Guard, also a good experience because none of them, well, most of them hadn't had any combat experience. And then they ended up going back a couple years later. And that was almost like good training, you know. And I think what's interesting about this is that we were both in during, during combat. Neither one of us saw direct combat. Mm-hmm. The difference is that you had a harder time with that than say I did. And I don't know if that, you know, what that says about me. Mm-hmm. Explain to people though, what that challenge was for you in dealing with the quote unquote guilt of not being in the fight directly. Yeah, I've definitely wrestled with this even till today. Like. I still have dreams about things. I don't know, just uh, that enlighten me when I wake up from that dream. I'm like, why am I still thinking about that shit? I, I think I said it one time to somebody. I'm like, I don't know if it's like, unless you take a unless you take a grenade for your country, you don't feel like you've measured up. Unless you, given the ultimate sacrifice, you feel like you're missing something still. And, and I'm not the only one with survivor's guilt. There's guy guys full combat and lost friends um and they feel guilty because they didn't die i mean that's human nature maybe i, I don't know what it is help people understand that though because you know you you said that you had these these dreams tell not, me about not like scary dreams like um i don't know if there's a theme to what i'm talking about when i say dreams it's not like nightmares it's like um, back in service. I'm like, I'm here and um, feelings of inadequacy or um, something. I don't know. Um, kind of an imposter syndrome? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Just like um, you, you didn't do enough or you need to go back in or here, you know, like it's, it's recurring. It's not the same dream every time, but it's always kind of the same theme. Yeah, just that feeling, I guess, of an inadequacy is only I can put it uh, not measuring up to what everybody else did. Um, no bullets flying, I, you know, I think. I'm not saying I want to be like Chuck Norris, <laughs> but I'm just a war hero, a bunch of ribbons. It's, it's not that. I, I don't know if it's just like, did I? The question that I guess I'm asking myself is, did I do enough? And I try to tell myself yes. And lots of people tell, tell me yes, but it doesn't stop the feeling. Um, so I've tried to give wherever I can. Maybe that's where farm came in. Um, James, my co-founder, along with Orlando and um, the XO and CO of that company, when we founded it, I don't remember the timeline, but somewhere around 2008, I had my kid and I was reading up on 
you know, what to feed a baby. I don't know. And it dominoed and rabbit holed. And uh, I started learning a little bit more and more about our food system and how it really just feeds us lots of calories and uh, making sure we have food on the table. But it's not necessarily good food. Right. Um, it's keeping people happy because their stomachs are full, but they're not nutrient. They're, they're, they're starving. We're starving as Americans for nutrients. We have plenty of food, but it's not that great. And then there's the whole chemicals and pesticides and all that kind of stuff too. And not to get into it too much, but I basically just learned a lot. And I was like, well, I got a solution. I'm just going to grow a garden. And this church said we can start a community garden. And so we had like 12 plots in Oak Cliff, totaling maybe an acre and a half. And we would bounce from plot to plot and set it all up and grow food. And then we got another one and another one. We had like 25 restaurants that we were composting all their waste stream. So what started out as a business, as a business <laughs> and really started out because you wanted to make sure that you were putting the right food into your children. Mm -hmm. Really kind of morphed uh, accidentally. Yeah into a therapeutic way for, uh, for <clears throat> veterans to deal with traumatic brain injury and, and post-traumatic stress. Mm -hmm. It is therapeutic to have that meditative practice. It's also really important to have something to do, purposeful thing to do. And feeding people is a really, really important thing that's often overlooked as some sort of thing that these farmers over here do. The miracle of this little tiny seed that you put in dirt and then water goes in it and it turns into a tree or a flower or whatever. Like that's a miracle that we all take for granted until you really start thinking about it. Um, let, let's talk a little bit more about farm though and how that's helped you personally. What does farm stand for? Farmers assisting returning military. Okay. It, it was really just us coming up with a an acronym because it sounded fun. Um, but we were trying to c come up with the name, I guess, was the first conceptualizing of things. Um, we want to assist these guys that are coming back that are missing purpose and structure and meaning. And yes, it's therapeutic. So those are our pillars, I guess. The structure of farming is awesome. It's like waking up and doing PT you don't realize how good that is for you until you get out of the military and you lose a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. But waking up and having a circadian rhythm to your day instead of like drinking till six, going to sleep, waking up, drinking till nine. Um, I don't mean PM. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, maybe AM, but you know, just saying, you know, uh, not having a really a strict regimen. So regimen and structure and purpose and all that stuff comes into that therapeutic part. The, the health and the side of it. Mental health. You know, if you got good food and you're out in the yard, there's that therapeutic nature of just the sun, vitamin D, and then the food that's going in your body, your mental health, your physical health. So maybe when you, your kids go to school, they learn more, they become smarter, they're better thinkers, less impulsive. No more ADHD, all the things. Um, I, I, like full spectrum, it could save a lot of headache and problems, solve a lot of issues. Um, but then 
you know, you, you're not going to convince 100 million Americans to grow their own food no. until it's too expensive to do it. I want to, I want to talk about one other thing. Um, and I know this is a challenge for you, but at what point did, did farming replace drinking? It didn't help my drinking. It helped a lot of things. I think it forced me to not drink as much because I had so much responsibility, um, not just from a business side, but there were so many things to do. I had to wake up early and I had to work late and I couldn't drink. It doesn't make me uncomfortable anymore to say I'm an alcoholic or whatever. Uh, I remember going to my first meeting <laughs> And you know, everybody gets up and be like, oh, I'm Steven, I'm an alcoholic. It felt so silly that when it came out of my mouth and there's this room full of people that have all been to these meetings before, and this is my first meeting. And I didn't even think I wanted to be there. I want to, I want to point a couple of things out to you. You can edit that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I want to point a couple of things out to you. Mm -hmm. You've dealt with alcoholism, mm -hmm. you've directly saved lives mm -hmm. through your decisions, you've indirectly saved lives and contributed to the better betterment of veterans returning. Um, the guilt that you were feeling, again, I just still, I don't understand, but help me understand the lesson that you've taken away from all of these personal experiences because no, you weren't in combat directly, mm -hmm. but man, you've, you've, you've done some really positive things, Steve. What do you take away from all this? Uh, I just don't think I should stop, stop giving just because uh, if I tell myself that I'm good, I, I, I have no more guilt. Um, I've done everything I can. I don't know that that's the right answer either. Like, I'm not saying guilt is good. Maybe we don't call it guilt anymore. Maybe we just say, you know, um, giving, uh, not giving, um, it's purpose having, yeah, having a purpose that, yeah, I guess gives back to society is not going to be something I'm going to give up on and say, oh, okay, I'm done. So last question for you. Yeah. As you know, we're right around the corner from, from carry the load. Yeah. What a great day. Great event. Who are you carrying this year? The, the men that, um, I mean, every year I pretty much just, feel like I have to carry those guys that gave me all these things that I've been able to do. I wouldn't be doing farm or farming really if it wasn't for the losses that my old unit experienced. Um, so every carry load event, I go by all those billboards and I'm staring at those dudes. I, I try not to just pick one. I'm just like, all you guys gave me what I have now that I'm able to give to these guys. And it feels like I'm saying thank you to those billboards. 
those men, sorry, not the billboards, but when I'm staring at them and um, I just, I try to find one of them and carry them in when we bring them in at the end, you know? Steve, thank you. You betcha. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for opening your heart. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. This was actually pretty good. Pretty fun. Good. If this resonated with you in the least, please subscribe and like, and please, please, please share it with at least one person. These are the stories that make us uniquely American. These are the stories that preserve the integrity of our nation.